Hanukkah, the lights, the dreidel, the fanfare. But what does it actually tell us? Hi, I'm Gila Ross. And on this episode of the Power Up podcast, together with our Wednesday night discussion group, we have a look at the story of Hanukkah. And we look at what actually happened and does it have any relevance to our lives today? My, my daughter was at the dentist last week and the dentist was, you know, giving her the drill about like, you can't eat too many, too many sweet things. You can't eat too many cakes and too many of this. It's bad for your teeth, et cetera, et cetera. And then she said to her, but I know that Hanukkah is coming up. So... I'll give you a pass for Hanukkah because I know it's one of the really big ones for you guys. She's not Jewish, um, if you gathered. So the question that we, we, she came over when we were talking about it, she's nine. And we were saying like, oh, you know, is Hanukkah really one of the big ones? As in one of the big festivals? Yes, no. Any thoughts? Sorry, Polly, you, you say something. Yes. Sorry, girl, I'm just uh, okay. Polly, trying to you cook something. <laughs> yeah, because we get presents. <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> Hayley, I think, yeah. that, I think that was your warning. I think it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> I, best, I best go out tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. At least we're having this class today and not tomorrow, right, Polly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I have to tell you that Polly, in eleven years, has never asked for anything. I actually have to drag it out of her. Um, she doesn't like me buying her, spending money on anything. So it's nice that she gave the answer. There. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. No worries. Um, <laughs> So is it, is it one of the big festivals in, in, in Judaism? Doris, you would say yes? Yeah. Haley? Yeah, I'd say yes. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Yes. Yeah, no worries. Um, and Jackie, I think, said yes as well. Um, so interestingly enough, if you think about... The, the, the different festivals, right? You have Pesach, where you have like the Seder and all the preparation beforehand and the, the and you have the high holidays. Like Hanukkah is more or less normal life, right? Um, what, what are the mitzvahs? You, you like the menorah, everything else is, is, is custom, right? The, the dreidel is, is a custom. Um, the presence, that's another story because it, it's, it seems that the custom is actually to give Hanukkah guilt, but it seems that it's become accepted to give um, um, presents as well, which is um, 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 spurned from it. But let me, let me ask you another question. If you, if, you, if you look through Jewish history, there were many, many miracles in Jewish history, and not all of them have a, fest, have a festival um, connected to it, right? In fact, very few of them are, are remembered by, by a festival. So the general rule in, in Judaism is that there's only a festival set up when there's some sort of lesson that is relevant throughout the ages. 
So what, what do I mean for this? Let, let me give an example. For example, Passover um, is commemorated because it taught us that not only did God create the world, but that God actively cares about us, right? That he runs the world, he stepped in to save us, and he actively, you know, takes an active role in, in our life. And he, you know, when, when need be, he comes in and he saves us. So what does Hanukkah teach us that's relevant to us nowadays? What would you say if, let's say, your child turned around to you and said, what's the lesson of Hanukkah? And you don't want to answer presents. <laughs> what, um, what would you tell them? Miracles can happen. Believe okay. in miracles. <laughs> yeah there's definitely there's the two miracles of Hanukkah mm -hmm. that, that the Jews won the war which was unbelievable because they were they were not even an army they were a few people that went to fight against a big army and there was also the miracle of the oil that lasted eight days instead of one day mm -hmm. any other thoughts about what you would say is the miracle of, of the Hanukkah being hopeful as well being so, being hopeful as well because the miracle of 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 you know hi it's no one the miracle of of the of no I'm I'm sorry he's next to me he's not gonna stop the funny to me hi. <laughs> I'm not gonna say hi back to him because I'm not gonna encourage that he's just gonna I'm telling you <laughs> No, it's, but you're right. And, and Jackie, I would take what you're saying even one step further, right? Because you're saying to be hopeful because the Jews easily could have said um, that, you know, it's, it's, we don't stand a chance, right? Let's give up. You know, there's such a, there's such a strong army. Why should we even bother? But they didn't, right? They, they decided let's try our part. So, so you could say that it's not giving up. It's being hopeful. It's not even... Um, it's it's keep doing. Um, keep, perhaps you could say um, um, it's 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 to not lose lose hope. I tell you what. What I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment because I think learn those lessons from Passover. Right? Passover teaches us also that there was a miracle. Passover also teaches us don't don't lose hope. So what what is the extra thing that was that the Hanukkah comes to teach us. So keep that question in mind. And, I, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you one other question, then we're going to try and get some clarity on what, what's going on here. The Greeks were a very strong empire. What did they care about the Jews? Why were the Jews a threat to them? So before we can answer that question, let, let's step back a, a moment and, 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 and let, let, let's try and figure out, does anyone know what the Greeks stood for? What, what was the Greeks' ideology? The Hellenism and like looking nice, the, the way they looked and all that. Okay, beautiful. All, the, all physical. Yes. So, so just like the opposite of us. So, so generally when we, when we think about the Greeks, we often think about it that way. The Greeks were about the physical looks and, and aesthetics, and it seems that they were the opposite of the Jews. But listen to this, okay? The culture of Greece 
arouse the desire for logic and enlightenment, a feeling of yearning for great ideas, and the opening of the spiritual life of a person through the contemplation of, her, her, of beautiful essences of things, and by means of the control of his overwhelming desires, so did the culture of Greece develop the feeling of self-respect within man. Because basically what, what it's telling us is before the Greek ideology came into the world, man lived to survive, right? They, you know, you, you, uh, a person worked, they gathered food, they provided for the family, and that was all. That was life, pretty much. The Greeks came and they introduced something more. They introduced kind of, if, if you think about it, like self-respect for a person, right? They said that the Greek introduced the idea of wisdom, right? Of learning, of, of accumulating knowledge. They, they um, as Yael told us, they, they introduced the idea of, of aesthetics, of looking beautiful, right? Of, you know, the Olympics has its roots in, in, in Greece culture, right? The idea of, of pushing yourself and, and accomplishing and, and, you know, but in short, the spirit of Greece freed man from the chains which bound him, enlightened him with culture, beautified his spirit and filled him with the joy of life. Now, when you hear about it from that perspective, number one, does it sound so dissimilar to Judaism? What do you think? Yes or no? No. No. And, and secondly, what's the problem with that? What is the problem if, if the Greeks are, are about the desire for knowledge and for, for, for you know, for yearning for more, what, what, was, what was the problem? So the prob the, the, there's two problems with what they had, right? Because, and, and it, there's actually, it, it sounds nuanced, but there's actually a fundamental difference between the Greeks and, and, and the Jewish um, ideologies. And this is what it is. The Greeks, they placed man as the center of the universe, right? The center of the universe, that's man. The Jews, on the other hand, Judaism, on the other hand, and, and not just that they put um, man as the center of the universe, but that's it. There was not, nothing else, right? Man is the center of the universe, and that's it. Um, Judaism, on the other hand, puts man at almost the center of the universe. Why? Because we believe that there is a God, and the primary focus is God. And human being is great. Human being is fantastic. But there is a God. So what does it mean in, in, when, when, we, when we boil it down to the practicality? Is that the Greek ideology, they limited the wisdom to anything that, that we can experience with our senses, with, 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 um, with our rational mind. But that's limiting things, right? Because that that does that it denies spirituality as a source of knowledge, right? It, it it says we're human beings, and that's it. It's almost as if they limited human beings. Why? Because as Jews, what we understand and we believe is that we're human beings, and we have a soul, right? And our soul is connected to the divine. Let me ask you a question: Have you ever had a look? Look. Take a minute to look through your life. Have you ever been through your life, something in your life that you look back and you're like, I don't know how I got through that. Yeah, pregnancy. <laughs> Beautiful. I was thinking, you know, childbirth, right? You, 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 you get, 
you uh, sometimes you look back at the childbirth and you're like I can't believe I did that right yeah um, definitely one any other any other ones I did a 10k in Jerusalem and I didn't train <laughs> and Jerusalem is very hilly <laughs> oh my god it was a horrible <laughs> oh, some things we do once right yeah I'd do it again but I'd just train for it and not be stupid yes <laughs> I, yes I, I would not I, I can't imagine the pain you were in for the next my Maya's up so I'm just gonna go put her back together <laughs> back in a minute um so I gave this on 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 Tuesday we discussed this on Tuesday and inside out as well and some of the women were there like they said lockdown right you know you look back at lockdown and it was like like wow we we did that right now when you look back at at that feeling of like when you have that feeling of like I can't believe I actually got through that there's actually a reality to it right because imagine if you know imagine if I don't know anything that you would have gone through right imagine <laughs> or imagine if, if a childbirth or imagine if lockdown if someone would have told you beforehand this is what's going to happen you would have said not happening I'm not going to be able to get through it and the truth is if you're looking at it from just purely a human perspective you would not be able to get through it but we are a, we have a soul as well and that soul is is connected to the divine to hashem and be, when we connect that to hashem our limits are, are are taken away and that's how we can look we can go we can get through things that we never thought possible i was just sharing today with um, um someone um a story that last year when we were in israel on the sea we went to visit a place called the shalva center and it's, it's, it's an incredible, incredible um, um, place that, uh, and the story behind it is, is unbelievable. There, were a, there was a couple that had a very healthy <clears throat> baby boy in Israel maybe 25 years ago or something like that. And they took him for his, his immunizations when he was, I think, nine months or a year or whatever. And unfortunately, he was um, injured by the, by the um, immunization and he was, he was brain damaged from that and um like severely brain damaged and as parents we, we think about that and we think like that is the most horrendous um um that's a nightmare that's a, a parent's absolute nightmare and what did this couple do is they they built this incredible obviously you know over many years but you walk into this lobby of this place it's a center they call it shalva shalva means peace serenity they, they, they built this center for special needs children and their families. And you walk into it and you think you're walking into like some artistic lobby of a five-star hotel. It's just absolutely stunning. Um, um, I'll put some pictures on afterwards, but like it's, it's, it's an, it, the level of love and, and attention and, and care that they've built up from this personal tragedy that they were given is, is unbelievable. And you, you look at it, and I remember we went to visit it last year when we were in Israel and I was pregnant at the time. And obviously I'm sure it was probably a little bit more um, hormonal at the time. And I'm reading the story and like crying and crying when, I'm, when, when, I, when, when they tell the story on the video, cause like it touched, it touched my heart, you know, like as a parent, you think like, how does any parent deal with this? But not only does, how does any parent deal with this, but how does any parent deal with this and then build this amazing thing? And the reality is, yes, it's, I'm not. I'm not taking it away from them because obviously it's it's 
it's their grit and their and their grime and that making that choice every single day that we're gonna you know we're gonna we're, we're gonna deal with this and we're gonna build something from it but it it just goes to show that a human being when they are connected to the, the divine when they connect to their soul their limits are, are taken whereas the greeks believed you know you're human and that's it we as jews believe that's just the starting point, right? Yes, we're human beings, but when we connect to Hashem, when we connect to God and we make those right choices, then our limits, our limits um, um, are, are taken, are, are, are destroyed, right? Our limits are, are you know, that we're limitless, really. And the second thing, the second um, um, thing that was wrong, that was missing from the Greek, the Greek philosophy was and the best way to, to show this is, is to show what the Jewish um, um, ideology is. Does anyone know, trivia question, what is a common name for the Torah? We call it Torah Chaim. Has anyone ever heard that phrase before? Torah Chaim? What does it literally mean? Um, any Israelis on here? Doris? Life, it's life, Chaim. Yes. Darisa, are you, are you from Israel? No, you're not from Israel. No, no. So, um, 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 what does it literally mean? It means Torah of life. Why? What does it mean, the Torah of life? It means that Torah is not just an intellectual subject that you learn. You learn like you learn English and you learn maths and you learn history and you learn geography and you learn Judaism. It's Torah Chaim. It's a knowledge that changes us, right? It it, it changes us as people and. For the Greeks, they, they, they gave honor to the pursuit of knowledge. And that was that. That was enough of a goal of our, in itself. But not, not, that's not enough for us Jews. For us Jews, we have to, we, 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 yes, we're the people of the book and we have to learn. But it's Torah Chaim. It's Torah that, that changes us, that makes us, that makes us um, better people. So to sum up where, where we are, you know, these, these were the two it's, these are the two differences, and we're going to see in a minute how, how we see that in, in why the, the Greeks were threatened by it. The two difference were, were, differences were is that we can almost say that the Greeks limited human beings, right? They said, you're human, right? Whereas we understand that human, we're humans, but that's just the starting point, right? When, when we as, as people make the right choices and connect to God, our limits are taken away. And, and there's no, you know, you know there, are, there are things that people do that, um, you know, that sometimes people tell me things that, that, that they do. And it like, it's like, it's not possible, right? For example, there was a family when we had the Shabbat project, there was a family that for the very first time, they as a family decided to keep the, the, the whole Shabbat for the Shabbat project which in and of itself is not normal and not possible. But then the following week, they decided to do it again. Like the whole, the whole family, the whole Shabbat, right? Again, like when you think about something like that and you think about it rationally, it doesn't make sense. It's not possible, right? Like a, a Greek philosopher would, would, would sit down up and say, not, not possible, but we, but the reality is that we're not just human we're human with a soul and when we when we when we start and we connect to the divine our limits are, are smashed and and how do we see this i'll show you a few of the different um 
decrees that the, that the Greeks gave, and, and you can see what they wanted to destroy, what, what threatened them about the Jews. So one of the things that they wanted, that they decreed was they said that the Jews cannot keep Shabbat anymore. Any ideas why Shabbat threatened them? What does Shabbat signify? Does anyone know what Shabbat signifies? A bit of a hard question. Rest. He recognizing God. Oh, beautiful. So we, we keep Shabbat and, and, and we say this, you know, in the Kiddush and the prayers many times. We say many times, you know, we keep Shabbat to, so, uh, so to speak, to bear witness that God created the world, right? We, it symbolizes our relationship with God. And that was a threat to the Greeks because the Greeks believed in, we, that's it. The humans are the center of the universe. There is not that, you know, that's it. We, we can, we, we know what our, our rational mind can see and, and, and experience, that's it. But we as Jews said, no, there's a God, right? And we, and we, we can connect to God. We can have a relationship with God. And, and that was a threat to them. So they said, no, Shabbat. The second thing was Brit Milah, right? Now, Brit Milah is, is a fascinating one because what it, um, and I'll tell, I'll tell you a little story to, to, to um, that, that I think really illustrates of, of what Brit Milah is. So, a, a man, a Roman once came to Rabbi Akiva and he said to Rabbi Akiva, he said, what's better, what God makes or what human makes? So what would you answer? God? Yeah, most of us would say God. Interestingly enough, um, Rabbi Akiva said, what man makes? Now, he says, what do you mean? So he says to him, what would you rather eat, wheat or a loaf of bread? Obviously, we'd rather eat a loaf of bread. Why did Rabbi Akiva answer like that? Because he knew that the Roman was actually coming to him to try and argue against Brit Mila and to say, you know, God created this, this, this um, human being. Why are you harming the baby? But Rabbi Akiva was, was teaching him what Judaism, what Judaism understands and teaches us is that God created the world, but God created the world in an imperfect state and God put us into this world so that we can fulfill God's plan and perfect the world, right? Uh, and, and we do that by, by fulfilling God's plan, by, 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 by studying the Torah, by, by doing the mitzvahs. That, that is what it is. And that's what, again, that is, is, is what was threatening to the Greeks because they believe that the, the Greeks are the, man is the center of the universe. There is nothing else for them to, 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 for the, when, when the Jews were, were arguing and, and saying that, you know, like, not necessarily arguing, but we're living with a way that says, no, there's something just beyond the here and the now, right? We're here for a divine mission. We are part, literally, if you think about it, literally partners with God. That's what a mitzvah means. Mitzvah means um, a, a Sabbath connection. We are partners with God. God has a plan for the world and he puts us in this world to carry out that plan. That, like that, that's, that's a whole nother level. And what's the third thing, one, one of the other decrees, is they didn't want the Jews to have a ca the, the, the Jewish calendar, the lunar calendar, Rosh Chodesh, right? Which is um, um, decided by the moon. And what is, again, what does this symbolize? The, the, the moon, it, it gets bigger and it wanes throughout the month. And it shows us that we as human beings, we have ups, we have downs. 
but it's okay because we have the power, just like the, the moon every month renews itself. We as human beings, no matter how, whether we're up or we're down, we have the power to reconnect and renew ourselves. And, and it, these, these three ideas, the idea that we have a relationship with God and we are here to connect to God and to, and to bring his mission into this world and that we have the power, no matter what, to, to renew ourselves and to come back on track, that, that's what was, was a threat to the Greeks because they believed in the here and the now. And if, if, we, if we go back to, to our, our, original, our original question of, of what are the lessons for us today, when, when, the, when the Jews were threatened, right, when they had, you know, the, the, the fight was not, was not a physical fight necessarily. It was, it was a spiritual fight, right, between the two ideologies, one that placed man at the center of the world and one that placed man um, almost at the center of the world, but understood that we are connected to God which takes away our limits because we're here to, to fulfill God's mission in this world. How did we do that? We did that in, in the days of, 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 the, of the Greeks. What we did is we fought it with fire. We went out even though we were weak and seemingly impossible. It was impossible for us to win, but we started and we initiated and we went and we fought. Um, we, we fought and God helped us. So if, if, so to speak, if the message of, of Pesach is that God can help us, the message of Hanukkah, which I think is, is such a powerful message for us today, is that God helps us help ourselves, right? That when we do a action and we connect to Hashem, the results can be beyond what we what 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 what's possible. And it take and it takes away our limits. So perhaps, perhaps. That's a lesson for us, um, this Hanukkah, that, you know, they were threatened by, by these different ideas that we, you know, we, we, can, we have a relationship with, with God and that we're here to fulfill his mission and that we can always reconnect no matter where we are in our, in our lives. We have that ability to, to renew ourselves. And we, we, um, and, and we, we connect to those missions, to those ideas, we, we bring them alive. And even if we do small actions, right, it was a tiny drop of oil, it was a small band of, of people. But when we connect to, to God, our limits are taken away. So that's just a small. That was beautiful. Thought. Thank you. Thank you for listening and a happy Hanukkah. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. You can get in touch. You can find me on Instagram at Gila Ross. And if you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or review and share the word about the podcast. Happy Hanukkah.